Matthew 7, verses 15 through 23. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it be able to distinguish between good fruit and bad fruit. How can you tell a true prophet from a false one? How do you know that when you hear a person speak or preach or teach that what they are saying is the truth? How do you know that what I am saying is in agreement with God's word? <clears throat> This is a challenge that Jesus gave to his disciples, and, and it is a challenge for the church in every generation. In our passage for today, Jesus is giving us the second of his three warnings at the, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. If you recall, Jesus had been teaching about kingdom living, which is a life focused on seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. It is a life of difficulty, a life of sacrifice, a life where, where one puts others ahead of themselves. And now at the end of this sermon, Jesus gives to his disciples three warnings, the first of which we have already seen, this command to enter through the small gate and take the narrow road. You see, the world will tell you to take the path that is safe and easy. That you should take the, the wide gate that leads to the broad road that all the masses go upon. But Jesus tells you that this easy path leads to destruction. Rather, you should take the track that is difficult, this trail of sacrifice and hardship, which is this kingdom living that will ultimately lead to life. But unfortunately, only a few find that gate and make that journey. And it's off of this warning that Jesus gives to us a second. Now, the outline of the second warning is pretty basic. In verse 15, we see the, the, the warning about false prophets. And then in verses 16 through 20, we are taught how to recognize such people by their fruit. And finally, in verses 21 through 23, Jesus further details this discernment process as well as showing the fate of these false prophets. Let's look at the warning first in verse 15. 
Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Whereas Jesus' first warning focused on the difference between that broad road of the world and the narrow path of those who follow Christ, a distinction that is easy to see, here you are told that these false prophets come to you in sheep's clothing. In other words, they look the part. But this warning of Jesus is nothing new. In the Old Testament, there were numerous times when the Israelites had to contend with, with false prophets. We, we read about it in our first scripture reading in Jeremiah 6. Look at, look at verse 13. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike, all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do, they do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. Now Jeremiah was a, was a prophet speaking to the sinful condition of the people of his day. He brought to them a message of repentance, lest God's judgment fall upon them. But it was these false prophets and these false priests who, who led the people, not with a word of repentance, but with a word of peace. They basically told the people that they, that they need not fear, for they, for they were under the protection of the Lord and not His judgment. And they spoke all these words in the name of Yahweh. And yet, Jeremiah says that they were false prophets. It was this, it was this true prophet, Jeremiah, who spoke a hard message. A message of repentance. A message of coming judgment. But for the people of that day, it was difficult for them to distinguish who was speaking the truth and who was speaking falsely. For both Jeremiah and these false prophets invoked the name of the Lord. One calling for repentance in light of coming judgment, and the other crying out, peace, peace. We see a similar thing today, do we not? There are many in the church that preach a message of peace while basically ignoring the idea of God's coming judgment and man's need for repentance. What they say sounds nice and, and, and pleasant. And they may even be quoting scripture as they are doing it. They will, see, they will say things like, God is love and therefore there is no judgment, no need for repentance. It is a message that scratches itching ears, but it does not agree with sound doctrine. Jesus tells us that these people look the part, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. We see the same forewarning in the book of Acts when the Apostle Paul warned the church in Ephesus. Look at Acts 20 verse 28. 
Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul knew. He knew that, the, that there were wolves among them, but that these wolves wouldn't show their teeth until after he had left. This warning holds true for every church. The first thing you must understand is that there are wolves among you. Don't think that your church is immune. It's not. It might be the Christian book that you are reading. It might be the evangelist on TV or on the radio. It might be that, that, that blogger who, who, whose articles you love to read. Or, or the voice of your favorite podcast. Perhaps it's a person sitting next to you. It may even be me as I preach to you every Sunday. The question is, how can you tell? Look at what Jesus has to say. Look at, look at verse 16 back in Matthew. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Two kinds of trees bearing two kinds of fruit. If you know the fruit, then you will know the tree from which it comes. So what is this fruit? We get a clue as we, as we look to the Gospel of Luke and to another time when Jesus preached a similar message. Look at Luke 6, verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. The evil that is within a person's heart becomes evident through his mouth or through what he says. This is what a false prophet does. He speaks. And so the first thing you must, must check are his words. Does he agree with Scripture? Is what he is saying in line with, with sound doctrine? 
In other words, you must learn to be discerning. We see this, this same, same thing in the epistles. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3. through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways, and will bring the way of the truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Again, we see that it is from their mouths that the, that the evil from within their hearts flows. These men speak heresies, denying truths about our Lord. They make up stories to exploit people. And we see that these, these false teachings, they, they lead many astray. These men are abusers of the flock of Christ. Peter, Peter says that they, they, they swindled the naive for money through their fanciful tales, which are not true. This is what we see with the, with the hucksters and the, and the snake oil salesmen that proliferate networks like TBN, is it not? The, the, they'll tell a story of that, that person who gave till it hurt, and then the next day got that promotion at work, and are now living the, the life of luxury. They'll say that God cannot bless you unless you give to their ministry. These false teachers have taken the gospel of our Lord and have twisted it for their own profit. These wolves are not true shepherds. Rather, they are men who are out for themselves. I mean, what is the goal of a wolf? It's to fill his own stomach. These men, they're not walking that narrow path but have chosen the broad road that leads to destruction. Brothers, sisters, it's not enough to know that there are wolves among you, but you must also learn to be discerning. You must learn to be able to distinguish between good fruit and bad fruit. And in order to do that, you must know God's word well. Which leads us to our final verses. Verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Once again, we see this kingdom theme that, that permeates the Sermon on the Mount. And we see that simply claiming Jesus as your Lord is not enough to gain entrance into his kingdom. One must first do the will of the Father. You see these, these wolves who are dressed in sheep's clothing, 
They try to mimic the sheep. They will tell you that Jesus is their shepherd too. And yet, they don't listen to his voice. John 10, verses 3 and 4. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. A true sheep knows the voice of Jesus and follows him out. A wolf in sheep's clothing will go in his own direction, trying to entice other sheep to follow him. He, he wants to separate the flock in order to devour. He'll say, come on, follow me. I, I, I heard Jesus' voice over here. Instead of doing the will of the Father, he follows his own path. Not everyone who calls Jesus Lord is a true believer, but only those who do the will of the Father. Only those who put their trust in the voice of Jesus. This is why it is so important to know God's words. For it is from Scripture where we hear Jesus' voice. But it takes more than just knowing God's word. It takes knowing your Savior and being known by Him. Look a little further in John's Gospel. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. What Jesus is saying here, and what he is saying in our passage for today, is that salvation is a relationship. Dear friends, Jesus doesn't rescue people for the sake of rescuing. No, you are saved into something greater than yourself. You've been redeemed into the family of Christ. You see, salvation is a restoration to the original purpose that man was created for in the beginning. To be welcomed into the kingdom is to walk with God once again. So doing the will of the Father and knowing Jesus, they're, they're intricately connected. You cannot have the one without the other. Look at John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. This is what Jesus says to these false prophets. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These men lacked a relationship and they ignored the Father's will. And because of that, they will be cast out. And this is the last thing that we must notice. The judgment that is placed on these false prophets is to be sent away. They are that tree that bears that bad fruit that is, that is cut down and thrown into the fire. Why such a harsh judgment? 
because they have toyed with the truths of God to satisfy their own hunger. What they have essentially done through their, through their false words is to have blasphemed the name of God, ultimately leading to the eternal de destruction of the many that follow them. It is a crime against God and it is a crime against one's neighbor. It is the highest of treason. And the punishment is to be cast away and thrown into the fire. Now remember, these, these people claimed Jesus as their own. They, they had given prophecies in Jesus' name. And in his name, they had driven out demons and performed many miracles. You see, the, the evidence of a true prophet, of a true teacher from God, are not signs and wonders. It's not the big crowds or the, the luxurious lifestyle that they lead. No. What you need to look for is whether or not their teaching is in accord to God's will and whether they are known by Jesus. This is why it's so important for you to recognize their fruit. And the only way you can spot a false prophet is if you yourself know Jesus and do the will of the Father. For if you know Christ and obey his commands, then the fruit of the enemy will be easily recognizable. This means knowing your Bible and submitting to God's word. It means putting your trust in Christ alone for the forgiveness of your sins. It means finding that good fruit that grows from that good tree and taking a bite. Let us pray. Father, we confess that we are easily led astray. We see fruit that we think is good, but we find out that it's not from you. We ask now that you would give to us discerning hearts and discerning minds. Help us to know our Bibles. Help us to know you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And may our eyes ever be upon your Son. We pray this in his name. Amen.